does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Uh, joining us now on the Payless Stickers Hotline, and I'm guessing he got up five minutes ago because it was a late night, I'm sure, for Chad Buchanan, the general manager of the Indiana Pacers. And, Chad, I realize that right off the box you're going to say that you guys got everybody you wanted. Um, and I say that both probably seriously and flippantly at the same time, as odd as that sounds. But uh, just overall kind of your assessment, did it turn out to be a more frantic night than you anticipated? Well, first of all, I, I don't think it was five minutes ago. Who says I've gone to sleep yet? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Fair enough. Uh, but, no, it, I, a very successful night, I think, for us. I think every team wakes up the day after the draft and feels good about their picks. And, you know, we got a couple guys that we really, really had targeted and liked going in. Um, you know, our board, I think, you know, the top ten guys probably went about in the order we expected. And we had a couple guys we were very comfortable with drafting, depending on who went before us. And, um, Jarris was a guy that we've liked all season long, both from a positional need, the talent level, uh, the character point, you know, standpoint. There's just a lot of boxes that he checked that you know made him a, a big priority for us. And you know, Ben Shepard is another player that you know came in and really impressed us in the workout. Was great at the combine. Um, a guy that we tracked for the last two years that has really grown on us too. So um, in the second round, you know, Mojave and Isaiah. You, you know, second round is such a crapshoot, but uh, excited to see what those guys could turn into as well. So, you know, we felt it was a very successful night for us. Okay. In quick fashion, before we get to the kind of the nuances of the players, I'm curious, with the the trade that took place, I think we now know what took place with Washington. I mean, San Antonio apparently calls and says, look, we have interest in this at seven. So you go to Washington and you say, we're getting – I guess my question would be this, Chad. How did you know that Washington had interest in the player that you selected for them at seven? And why not just swap the picks in advance and have Washington make the seventh pick? Is that a time issue? Yeah, some of it's a time issue. Some of it didn't play out exactly how you mentioned there either. Um, you know, when you have multiple teams chasing a player uh, that maybe is a player that you're not targeting – um, it puts you in a position to try to, you know, move down a little bit and, you know, pick up an asset or two that can help you, you know, in the long run. Um, and a lot of this stuff happens right on the clock. I mean, it's it happens fast. And like I said, a lot of teams coming after something at, at the same time, you know, at the very, very last moment, you know, cause you to have to make a decision. And we were comfortable moving back for, a, you know, a small, like I said, a small asset coming to us and still getting the guy we had targeted. So, it was a very easy decision for us. Chad Buchanan's with us here, the Pacers general manager. But Chad, before we get to Jarris Walker, uh, how close were you guys, if at all, of trading number seven for a veteran or trading up in the draft? You know, we didn't have as many options as we had hoped um, for a veteran that we had targeted. Uh, we tried very, very, very hard to do that. We had a a group of players around the league that we felt would be a great fit with our young core that played a position of need that we went after as by as aggressive as we possibly can without sacrificing you know, our complete future. Um, but unfortunately, those players were not available. 
And so, um, you know, we tried on that front. But at the end of the day, we were, we were very comfortable with a couple guys staying at pick seven and adding another young player to our core to try to build with. Obviously, Jarris Walker was the selection. You don't play for Kelvin Sampson if you can't guard on that end of the floor. What is it about his physical makeup, his IQ defensively, that is so attractive and addressing, obviously, a major area of need for you guys? Sure. You guys watched our team all year last year. We, we had a lot of offensive talent, and we were very poor on the defensive side. So that was a, a big emphasis for us and will continue to be as we add to this team as guys that can come in and, and improve us on the defensive side. And, and Jarris does that. You know, Jarris has a lot of versatility to his game. He's a guy who played point guard for a little bit of time in high school, and he's got a great feel for the game, which Coach Carlisle and our staff really value a feel for the game, ability to play in a flow offense, to make quick decisions with the ball, um, very unselfish, um, you know, just a good fit for us in a lot of ways. But mostly we're excited about his potential to defend, you know, defending that position, the six, seven, the six, eight, six, nine scoring hybrids is a, you know, it's a challenge in our league. And we, you know, Aaron Neesmith did a, as good a job as he can with that. He's a little undersized against some of those guys where Jarris has a little more, you know, size uh, and physicality to throw at some of these, you know, Jason Tatum's and Giannis's of the world. Uh, but that, that's where we felt like he was a good fit for us, specifically as a defender. Chad, obviously I realize that if, you know, if something comes along that's going to make your team better, you're going to make a move. I get that. But in terms of moves precipitated by Indiana, by the Pacers, are you guys done for now? Or are there still some auxiliary moves that can be made? Uh, I, I wouldn't say we're done, you know, for right now. We're going to continue to explore what's out there. I mean, we have one roster spot right now still. Um, you know, there were other minor trade opportunities that we did not pursue that you're know, probably still there if we would like to. We wanted to see how our, our draft night played out. But we still have, you know, on our roster, we're happy with the young core. But, you know, I think we got to look at maybe adding one one more player to a certain role, and we'll, we'll look at that. You know, we've got still got cap room left. Um, like I said, we have the roster spot available. We have a two-way uh, contract available, a couple of those. So we still have tools to use, and we got you know some time here to look into those. How heavily did you explore Trace Jackson Davis at 55? I mean, we love Trace Jackson Davis as a player. And, you know, sometimes it's got to be a mutual interest. Um, you know, you don't want to have a player with you that is, you know, not coming in wanting to be there. And so, you know, Trace is going to be a terrific player. And um, like I said, we were big fans. Obviously, our roster and what he is, the position he plays, wasn't a great fit. And we understood that. And, you know, his representatives understood that. But, um, you know, if, if we had been in a situation where we didn't have four players at his position, um, you know, I think Trace would have been a great option for us. And like I said, we were big fans of his game. So then was there discussion, I would assume from that, from Trace Jackson Davis or his camp that he would have been happier going elsewhere and that he didn't feel Indiana was a fit for him. I think that's accurate to say. Which, Interesting. I mean, given the roster makeup, sure. I think it, it makes it makes total sense and why we've said throughout the show, Golden State on paper, much better fit than where things are with Indiana. Chad Buchanan with us, the Pacers GM. Uh, Chad, let, let's chat a little bit more about Ben Shepard. I know the shooting and the scoring ability at Belmont stands out. I was saying to Jake earlier, I feel like when I hear of good mid-major shooters, I think the stereotype is they can't guard anybody, but it seems like 
you know, defense is not a liability by any means with him. No, I think Ben is a is a two way player. He's the thing that stands about out about Ben. This seems like something very minor. Um, is he is a in phenomenal shape and he's in constant motion on both sides of the both sides of the floor. He's offensively he's just running off screens. He's sprinting the lanes. He's curling off picks. He's he's pushing the ball in transition off defensive rebounds. He's just his motor just never stops. Um, and then that carries over on the defensive side too. He's just a guy with a with a great effort level, a great care factor, uh, tremendous character. I think the fans and the media are going to love Ben Shepard. Um, we, we just really grew to like him in the pre-draft process. And uh, the shooting up component obviously is something that we value in Rick's system, and he brings a lot of that as well. So there's a lot to like about Ben. Chad, one of the things that jumped out at me last night, Chad Buchanan's our guest, the GM of the Indiana Pacers. He's on the Payless Liggers Hotline. One of the things that jumped out at me last night, of, of all the players that were selected, was I, I, it struck me how incredibly mature, humble, and, and just really impressive the vast majority of these young men were. And I'm curious, are we starting to now see, uh, and there's a lot about this I don't like, quite frankly, but is part of that the byproduct of the fact that now you are getting players that have been in the limelight and under a spotlight since the age of 14, 15 years old and thus have a better understanding of all of the expectation that comes with being selected in the NBA? That's a great question, Jake. You know, I think there is some accuracy to what you're saying. These, these guys that come into the league, they're – it's very rare that we interview a guy at the draft or when they come through our, our building that we're not like, gosh, it's a really sharp, you know, bright, articulate young man. And they're obviously they're well prepared these days by their, their representation and their families. And they know the importance of making a good you know, representation of themselves when they meet with NBA teams. And I think last night's a great example. You see all these kids. I mean, they're living out their dream in front of the world on TV and, how they carry themselves and answer questions and handle the situation is, I feel like every year is it just gets more and more impressive. And and I think every year we find less and less players in this draft that are red flags from a you know character standpoint. And I think that's a representation of what you're saying of just their amount of time they spend around each other and in the limelight. I think that's very accurate, Jake. Okay, Chad Buchanan with us here, Pacers general manager. Obviously, a quick turnaround now to free agency here in about a week. Chad, if you had to kind of lay out needs as you guys enter free agency and certainly the ability to still execute some trades, what would that needs list look like? I think it's balancing our roster right now. I mean, we, we still have four centers. Um, you know, we have a couple guys at the power forward spot that, you know, young guys between, you know, Jarris, Aaron Neesmith. Jordan Noir can all play the four. I mean, maybe another wing forward, you know, if, if we bounce out our roster would, would help. Maybe another point guard. I mean, we're going to look at all, all those kind of things here in the next couple of weeks uh, with trades and free agency. Chad, how important was it? You had so many assets going into the draft in terms of – and I'm talking about before even the trade with Denver. Was there a concerted effort, as crazy as this sounds – to alleviate yourself of the number of picks you had in this draft to give that flexibility, not only of roster, but of, of cap room as well? Yeah, I think it was more so when you go into a draft with five picks and you have three roster spots, you, know, you obviously got to be aggressive to try to, to manage that component. Um, you know, you have the two ways as an option. 
you know, we're trying to maintain as much ammunition uh, for when the, the right player comes along via trade. So, you know, the trade we made with, with Denver and accumulating another pick in next year's draft is kind of kicking the can down the curb a little bit where if next trade deadline or, or this summer or even next draft, if, you know, having that extra first is what gets you over the hump to get a player that you have targeted, um, that's always a good thing to do from a business standpoint. And, you know, last night we moved around quite a bit. We moved, you know, a couple picks out. We moved moved down a little bit. So we were trying to juggle as much as we could so at the end of the night we could come away with, you know, some ammunition for, for this summer and into next year. And that's what the, the future first, I think, has a lot of value for us and for teams around the league. So we feel good about that. Um, and just being in, being in position to make a go-for-it move uh, when that – opportunity presents itself is important for us chad i had mentioned this earlier in the mid 90s there was this like art fad called magic eye i don't know if you remember these but like they were the the pictures that were computer generated and you had to stare at them for like five minutes and then eventually like a 3d image came into form and you're like oh my gosh i see it now does that ring a bell to you okay yeah sure sure does that feel like the assembly you guys have done with this roster because a year ago it I, I think even by your guys own admission you were still kind of waiting to see when the picture was going to form and it seems to me like the picture has formed even faster than you anticipated and the vision of where the Indiana Pacers are and can go is clearer faster than perhaps you even thought am I off base uh, possibly so. I think, you know, Ty obviously changes everything for us. Finding the right pieces around him um, is important, but also not being in a rush to jump up to, you know, being the eighth seed and being stuck in the seventh and eighth seed range. You know, we're, I think the hardest thing in the NBA is resisting the urge to be like five games better and limiting yourself, you know, two, three, four years down the road. So being patient. I mean, we just saw the Denver Nuggets be patient with their core and slowly build around it and it culminate in a championship. And I think that is what we're trying to do. Um, there's always going to be temptations along the way and um, you want to be good and continue to grow. That is our goal, but you want to do it the right way. So we feel good about this young core. Um, we know we still have a lot of work to do. We're not anywhere near where we need to be or want to be, but um, I think last night was a good, good step forward for us and, um, I think Jarris will be a, a great fit for us. Chad, last one from me. Um, was there any thought when a guy like Cam Whitmore starts to slide to try and trade up? I can assure you we tried as hard as we possibly could on that one. And that was a – we called basically from about pick 10 down until his name came off the board. It was a frantic room um, trying to be aggressive to move up uh, into that range and – Unfortunately, it takes two teams to, to tango on that one, and um, you know, most of the teams had their guy and did not want to move, and um, we were very aggressive. That's why we had these, these extra picks um, to do things like that. And, you know, unfortunately, your aggressiveness doesn't always match up the other team's willingness to do something, So, but we were very aggressive trying to move up last night. Okay, last one for me, Chad, and we only got like 45 seconds left, unfortunately. But um, when you look at your roster, the position where you still need some more competition amongst your roster would be which position where you need more depth? I would probably say the 3-4 spot, I think, would be where is if I see maybe where a, a hole might be good to place another player. Um, you know, obviously it's not the center spot. You know, another another role that we really, really like is having a veteran 
mentor with a young group in our locker room. James Johnson was that last year and was a, was a, had a good impact on our young group. So I think those are the two spots that if I see probably a need, that would be where we'd look to address. Chad, I always enjoy our conversations. It's terrific insight no matter what we throw at you. I enjoyed the golf outing experience last summer with you. Hopefully we can do that again here in a few months. And uh, good luck with all the chaos that will certainly continue next week as well. Thank you. Hey, and I'd be remiss if I didn't thank our staff. It takes a it takes a village to, to run a draft. Ryan Carr, all of our scouts, uh, Sonia Clutinger, Susie Fisher, all the people on our admin staff, are just uh, they deserve a big shout-out. They don't get the credit for what goes into an NBA draft. So I just want to give them a, a big shout out and thank you. But I appreciate you guys. See you, Chad. All right.